Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Where's your Valentine? Huh? You got yourself one? I hope so. I do. All you stallions out there, all you Clydesdales, all the lonely ladies, hopefully as well. A very good night for you. I, I hate uh, I hate sadness, you know. I don't I don't get sad uh, nearly enough. I get angry pretty quick. I'm typically a very happy guy, but I I um I, I feel for those who feel left out today, right? And there's always, like, someone in the office that probably the chick you hate gets, like, a big dozen of, you know, a big dozen. I said dozen oysters. They're a dollar right now at the Blue Crab Crab House. I mean, if you need a place to go tonight, huh? Dollar oysters. Screw the, screw the roses. Go to the Blue Crab Crab House right off of San Jose. That bar is lively. Maybe you'll find uh, your Valentine there. But there's always that one chick in the office, right? She knows it's coming. The dozen roses. Everyone else is like, you've got to be kidding me. And then there's the other one who gets the chocolates and passes them all out. But, um, you know, I do feel free. I, I think it's, um, it's kind of a, uh, an unusual holiday. Do you really need that one day to say, I love you? Right. And again, I haven't done research on this, but I remain convinced that Valentine's Day came to our attention in like 1962, invented by Cher. That that's always been my opinion. But hey, it's a big day for many of you. Uh, For those of you who are single, remember Wednesday night's a big divorcee night. Right. Don't the men get the kids on this Wednesday? So that means there's going to be a lot of ladies out there. And I was just thinking about on the way in tonight. I was like, I've never experienced dating websites. I've never really experienced going out, uh, you know, since I've been married, okay? What it's like, where do you meet? Where do you hook up? You know, is it at Publix? Is it at Winn-Dixie? I'm told like a dog park uh, is, is pretty cool. I mean, obviously the gym and bars and okay, yeah, 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 well, what, I mean, where else? Is it in your apartment complex? Is that where it's going to happen? Um, I don't know. Do you just, maybe someone taps uh, the back of your vehicle, right? Everyone today drives around looking into their cellular telephone. You can't go anywhere nowadays without seeing the cops on the side of the road. There's been a fender bender. I got to believe that 75 to 80 to 85, 90% of those are because some moron has his head buried in a phone and they run into you or you're on the receiving end of getting run into. Happened to me last year on 3rd Street, uh, right out there by um, Fletcher, Fletcher High School. Someone barreled right into the back of my beautiful uh, key GMC Sierra truck, demolished their car. I think it was like barely a scratch on my truck. Because it's, it's on steroids. It's a monster truck. But I felt bad. It was a couple of young girls. They started freaking out. Um, it was mommy's car, whatever. They were going to get yelled at. But I, I, anyway, maybe that's how you meet them. Um, what about, you know, and, and for those of you who are older, you can appreciate this. But we talked about Cher inventing Valentine's Day. For those of you who don't know, the invention of Reese's 
peanut butter cups. Back in the day, women used to walk around with just a jug of peanut butter, and the peanut butter would be open, and men would walk around with nothing more than just chocolate. So inadvertently, you collide into one another. The chocolate would go into the peanut butter. The peanut butter would take on the chocolate. You'd actually see the chocolate enter inside the tub of the peanut butter, go inside and hit it, and the woman would look at the man and say, hey, you got your chocolate in my peanut butter. And the man would look at her and say, hey, you've got your peanut butter all over my chocolate. So maybe that's what you do tonight. Just go out and find a young lady holding on to a open jug of peanut butter. Anyway, have some fun with it. It is Valentine's Day. Who cares, right? Just have a good time and enjoy yourself. But we're always open for ideas. And I think we always have to live in the what if. You know, what if I take the girl to Vegas this weekend to see you two at the Spear and I'm enjoying vacation and all of a sudden she comes up to me and gives me a John Deere type of letter, right? And says, it's time for you to hit the bricks. Uh, I kind of like to know, where do you go searching for stuff, right? So let us know. Six four one ten ten. JJ's happily married. Yeah, I've been with the same girl for 15 years, but... It's always good to know. 641-1010. That is how you get a hold of us. That is the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Tragedy in, in, uh, in Kansas City. What's going on? Parade. They're used to parades there. Great day. Everyone's happy. Everyone's celebrating. They're guaranteeing, you know, they're guaranteeing three peats. People are boozing. People are having a good time. Then all of a sudden, bam, bam, bam. 10 to 15 people injured. There's reported, uh, there is reportedly one person who is dead. Uh, Apparently a couple of suspects have been uh, gathered up and are now behind bars. But why? Why does something like this happen? I've often wondered about vandalism, destruction, which I guess is the same thing, when you win, right? I'll never forget the conversation I had with Bob Costas probably 20 years ago after the Lakers won. Bob was buried inside Staples Center. I was doing overnight radio then out of Chicago. We had Bob Costas on during everything that was transpiring. It's just, to me, one of the more unexplainable issues that that really happens uh, when you win. In sports, you know, I've, I've said this forever, and I firmly do believe it. Over 90% of fights that happen in sporting events are caused by the winning side. The winner is the, is the antagonist. The winner will get in the face of the loser. He'll point his finger, sometimes it's the middle one, right in his face, and he'll tell that individual that he sucks. That is what winners do. And you add to that alcohol, you add to that perhaps other substances. It's truly one of the most remarkable things that you'll see in our life. Um, You don't do that at church. You don't do that in the business world, right? You don't do that out um, in parks and uh, at museums and art galleries or anywhere else. But in a sporting event, when you win, you got to tell the other person that he sucks. That's just the way that winners are. 
right? So it happens all the time. 90% of fights, in my opinion, there's always a few sore losers, drunk losers who are ready to throw hands. I got you. But for the most part, it's winners. This is only winners. Why would you be at a parade if you're not a Chiefs fan? Okay? You're not going to find any Raiders fans there. You're not going to find any Ravens fans there. You're not going to find any Jaguars fans there or Bill. No, these are all Chiefs fans. Yet, um, sadly today, this has happened. And, you know, I remember East Lansing when Michigan State won it. Um, What they did, that's one that will always stick out to me. Under Tom Izzo, I'm not talking about the 79 team with Greg Kelser and, uh, and Urban Magic Johnson. L.A.'s always been big on that. I, I will say that for the most part, I think Boston's kept it pretty clean. Those are the only parades I've ever been to, including in 1970 when the Boston Bruins won the Stanley Cup. I did go to the 1981 uh, Boston Celtics parade when Larry Bird echoed the Moses Malone Eats S-bomb. Okay, um, but I, I think New York is pretty, pretty good with that as well. I may be wrong. There may be an, an incident or two, but I just have never been able to understand either after. And, and for the most part, the destruction and vandalism doesn't happen during a parade. That happens after you actually win the title, right? Again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm a, a really smart guy, but I just do not understand. Now, if you're going to make a point that, I, I don't know, someone around here may have been perhaps uh, almost thrown off campus for throwing a television set out of a window when the New York Mets beat the Boston Red Sox in October of 1986. But that's because you lost, right? And, 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 and you're frustrated and you're upset. But, you know, vandalism and destruction when you win, never been able to figure that one out. Again, I'm asking. And you can let us know, 641-1010 on the text line, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. I, in all seriousness now, I, I hate this story, the fact that someone's dead. And, and we're waiting for details uh, to come on in. Uh, but I'm, I'm just, it happens when you went, I'm trying to remember the last time there being something really bad like this as far as a parade. I mean, what's not to love about a parade, right? I mean, it's a parade, When's the last time you've been in a parade? I mean, what's bad about a parade? I mean, it's it's one of the greatest words of all time. When I hear parade, I'm like, I'm in, okay? Just get me to the parade. I want to be a part of the parade. Oh, I did go to the uh, the Seminole Parade in 93. So that's another parade I, I did go to, uh, led by Charlie Ward. He was sitting on the backseat of a, an, a decorated uh, car, and he was kind of the... You know, he was the um, whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, the chairman of the board, uh, if you will. But parades are great. Disney World parade, right? You, you have uh, where I grew up uh, on St. Patrick's Day. You had the big Irish parade uh, that would go all around Southie and and all the people hanging out of the Irish bars and drinking and and all that great stuff. And who knows what you're celebrating? But I mean, to actually have a shooting that took place today in Kansas City is uh, is just devastating news as far as I am concerned. All right, I don't typically take anything from a previous show and then keep it rolling 
into the next one. That's just, uh, first off, it's lazy. Okay, it's way too convenient. And it's something I almost never do. But the legs on the Trevor Lawrence stuff is endless. And this is now taking more turns and twists and peaks and valleys. And I'm, I'm really still just trying to sort all of this out. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because we do have some scheduled guests and some interesting stuff coming up here over the next uh, few hours. And I'm trying to sort out whether it is people on my social media or people who listened to me last night. And on Tuesday nights, if you do not know, I'm on after Helmets and Heels. I come on at 8. The rest of the week, I'm obviously on 6 to 8. But we got into it last night, and people are down on Trevor Lawrence. I get it. Okay, my, my confidence level on Trevor is not where it was a year ago. And the greatest example of that that I can give you, if you were to rewind the tape to Valentine's Day of 2023, I would have sounded a little bit like this. As soon as you get to the start of the league year, March 13th, 2024, give Trevor Lawrence the maximum, pay him. Give him the biggest contract in the NFL because you're going to end up benefiting at the end of the contract. Okay. Based on what we saw this year, there's no way I'm doing that. Can you still put a question mark next to Trevor Lawrence and say, is he truly going to be the guy? Is he truly going to be a franchise quarterback? Is he going to take this team to a Super Bowl? Is this guy headed to a Hall of Fame career? Absolutely. It's all in doubt. But my whole issue has been the same. Give him an offensive line. Give this man some protection. In my opinion, this is the worst offensive line in the NFL. And mock draft after mock draft after mock draft. Finally, Field Yates today. I love it. He finally went with the kid out of Oregon, the center, which is what I would do at number 17. But most mock drafts are wide receivers, corners, defensive line, whatever. We've got another 71 days before the NFL draft. We'll certainly hit that in a couple of weeks, about a week and a half now. When we get ready for the NFL Combine, which, man, that's only 12 days away. Time's flying. But, but back to Trevor Lawrence. My, my whole issue here has been, give him a line. And if he doesn't get the job done, then okay. Those of you on the other side, you win. Congratulations. He's not the guy. But it's just amazing to me the tone, all right, the tone on our text line, the tone on my social media coming in, that so many, I'm not going to stereotype you all, but so many are convinced he's not the guy. He's not going to take you there. And that you've already given up on him. And perhaps the most disappointing part of all of this, because I think I'm pretty good at getting a feel for what fans are saying. Because I've said it forever. I do my radio show not out of what I think the Jaguars want to hear, what their players want to hear, what their coaches want to hear. No, I do a show every single night based on what I think fans want to hear. Jaguar fans want to hear your questions, your concerns, your ideas. This thing is wide open, but damn it, you got to give the man an offensive line. And I'm seeing folks out there as if, You've already gotten to the point where now 
You want to see him fail. And again, I'm not saying this for every Jaguar fan. I'm saying there are some out there, whether it's your own personal um, belief, maybe your own personal bet, maybe your own personal uh, comment when he was selected. Maybe you didn't like the long hair. Maybe you didn't like the fact that he played in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Maybe you don't like the fact that he doesn't have fire in his belly. Maybe you don't like the fact that he doesn't yell at players and and others. I, I don't know what it may be. Hey, I had my concern two years ago. Every single question I asked Abo Sweeney. I can't even think of the former offensive coordinator who, who, uh, who went over to Virginia. What is it? Something Elliott. I, I spent all my time on him as well. Is this man a leader? Is he going to get on people? We haven't seen it. I was His rookie year, I was still the sideline reporter. There was nothing. I've questioned it. I've questioned a lot of things about Trevor. But I'm getting from some of you out there, you've already written him off. He's become Luke Jokel to you. He's become Taven Bryan to you. He's become Reggie Nelson to you. You know, he's become Caleb on chase on. To you And I'm like, really? And when I say he was hurt, oh, Baloo, you're an excuse maker. Oh, Baloo, you're an apologist. When I say he doesn't have an offensive line, Baloo, you're a fanboy. You're in it with Trevor Lawrence. Okay, fine. I can handle that type of criticism. I think most of you out there would probably, and I'm never going to say what you think of me. That's you. Because I can say whatever I want. It doesn't matter. It's what you hear. I think I'm pretty fair with the Jags. And if anything, I think I may overdo it um, to the point of it has to get better. It's not, hey, you know, listen, I got some, uh, some noxzema here. Let me moisturize everything here. Let me massage this entire thing. Oh, it's such a beautiful thing. I mean, this thing is, no, I don't do that. I never have. Hell, half you Florida State people can't, can't stand me because I overdo it when it comes to them as far as you're concerned. That's the way I'm wired. I'm not going to change now. I've been doing this for 32 years. But why, why that side of it? Why that personal side in that angst, in that almost as if you don't want to see him succeed? I can't believe in this town. There is a percentage, and again, on my feedback, a pretty decent size percentage started on Twitter yesterday, shocked by the results. And I'd love to be able to say, oh, that's a Houston fan who got into my timeline, or that's an Indianapolis fan who snuck into my timeline that, um, you know, or maybe a South Carolina, a Florida State fan who's a non-Jaguar fan who got, but no, it's not that. These These are Jaguar fans that are commenting on it. Anyway. You can check it all out. Just go to my Twitter feed, Baloo1010XL. I I don't want to spend much more time uh, on this tonight because I did it last night. But I I just got to tell you, I'm a little surprised by this. Uh, He is under a massive microscope. And again, my confidence has waned. My confidence in him is not where it was a year ago. But I'm going to say it now because I've been saying it for three years. And I'm going to say it all throughout the summer. Fix the freaking offensive line. It's as soft as puppy poo. It's the worst offensive line in the freaking NFL. Fix it. And if he doesn't improve, 
with an offensive line that can protect him, with an offensive line that can run, then yeah, yeah, you got a major problem. Because you're going to have to turn around again and go out and find yourself a quarterback. All right, good to have, us, uh, good to have you with us right here on a uh, Wednesday edition. When I come back, I want to spend a couple of minutes on Tiger Woods. I, I'm really fired up about this. I, you know, letting things go, moving on in life. I don't know what it is with Tiger. I, I don't know if there's ever, ever been an individual athlete that I have admired more than, than Tiger Woods. Uh, just his grit, just his determination, you know, just the work ethic and, and everything that he's been through. I also really do appreciate the transgressions and the fact that he has fought through them. For the most part, he's owned them. There's been a couple of times where he's kind of skirted it and with the redacted statements and some stuff like that. Yeah, he got away with some stuff because he's Tiger, but he proved that he's human, right? I mean, all of his uh, demons, sexual demons, all right, painkiller demons, uh, the accident, the He's a true human who's had massive peaks and also some valleys that, that frankly, not, you know, not everyone could, could climb out of. He's playing tomorrow, and I love it. It's out of Riviera. It's, um, it's such an important round for Tiger Woods for, for so many reasons. And I, I know Baloo, come on, he's 46. He's never going to win again. All right, all right, fine, but... Still watching him play. You know, when Clayton Kershaw grabs the baseball every fifth day, and he's going to be on the shelf for quite some time. We talked about it last week. He hasn't had more than 30 starts in a season since either 2015 or 2016. I was reading about Justin Verlander today. You know, he's had a setback. There's appreciation. Ovechkin scored in six straight games. He did have an empty netter in game five. I hate empty net goals. I think those... That that statistic should be eliminated in the NHL for goals. Empty net goals should not be allowed. And I know Ovechkin's one all time, and and Wayne Gretzky's two all time. But I appreciate the greatest of the great, and I am. I, I I've always been. I mean, the Daytona 500's coming up. I covered like 25 of these. I'm like, who the hell's racing? And what's going on here? It's like you know, now that Miller Lite no longer has the terrace, it was ruined. By, uh, by COVID, it's like I'm, I've just removed myself. I'm not, I know you don't care. I've never tried to act like I really know all that much uh, when it does come uh, to NASCAR. But still, it's a great event. And when Dale was there and Jeff Gordon was there and Tony Stewart was there and, you know, you even had cult figures like a Dick Trickle uh, when he was there and, you know, just so many you know, I remember the year that um, uh, Jarrett won, or I, I think he won, or, you know, Sterling Marlin, some of these great names. Um, they're no longer there. Uh, Tiger Woods, to me, when he's on the golf course, you stop what you're doing, right? I mean, say what you want, but back in the day when Daryl Strawberry grabbed a bat, did you go to the bathroom? When Jose Canseco grabbed a bat, did you go to the No, you weren't going to miss there at bat, right? It's the same thing here with Tiger Woods, even at his age. And I don't know this as fact, but I'm worried about the PGA Tour. 
I am. I think you'll see next month, you'll hear that ticket sales were an all-time high, money created was an all-time high, uh, charitable income that is going to be given out was an all-time high. But still, what's going on right now on the PGA Tour? Who are these guys? They all look the same. They all act the same. The worst thing hockey ever did was put helmets on these players. And I say that this way, not because they have scrambled brains. But when you grew up watching hockey, you could tell who was who. Bald guys, long-haired guys, blonde guys, red-headed guys, dark-haired guys. You could identify the players. You can't anymore. They're bionic. They're robotic. And especially with this whole finesse style, you know, we're going to come over from Sweden and Finland, and we're going to come over, you know, we're going to play the uh, finesse style, you know, that hard-hitting United States Canadian hockey. Yeah, you still get a little bit of it, but, you know, it's now kind of the uh, the new wave of hockey that's uh, it's a little bit softer. Yeah, I'm going to take my glove and stick it in your face uh, when, the, uh, when the ref blows the whistle. But the days of really throwing are gone. It's the same thing here in golf. They all look the same. They all act the same. They all have zero personality. And the live is doing the live, right? The live is paying these guys, but they're gone. <laughs> I mean, the last two champions, um, well, I guess it wasn't John Rahm. Sheffer did win here a year ago at 1700, but you get my point. Uh, with Tiger Woods going out there and playing is, is massive. So I, I do want to spend a couple of minutes on that on the other side. We're going to have a guest coming up as well in about 20 minutes. So we're going to be real busy here tonight on this um, Thursday night edition. All right, opening comments brought to you by Shmunez Vision. All right, you need good eyes if you're playing golf. You need good eyes if you're watching sports. They're located out at the beach. Just go to ShmunezVision.com. Everything that is your eyes is at Shmunez Vision. Certainly just a simple examination for contacts or glasses, but what about more important issues? If all of a sudden you're getting blurry eyes or your vision is not the way it once was, maybe you think you have an issue with a cataract. Um, You may need cataract surgery. Okay, well, uh, this organization at Schmunez, high-quality medical and surgical eye care, including eye surgery on yours truly eight and a half years ago. I really want you to look at the website. Everything is explained to you. Go to schmunezvision.com. And you can take a look at it there, located out at the beach. All right, plenty to do. With you tonight till 8, best way to get us, Baloo1010XL on Twitter or on the text line. Brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, 641-1010. Into the Night with Rick Baloo on 1010XL 92.5 FM. That's good to have you with us. A Valentine's night, a Wednesday night with you tonight till 8 o'clock. Blue along with LaSalva. Some on me about my um, John Deere comment telling me that instead it's a Deer John. No, it's not. You never saw the movie Dumb and Dumber? For crying out loud? We had the most incredibly romantic time. I thought we were going to be together forever. And then... <laughs> About a week later, right out of the blue, she sends me a John Deere letter. <laughs> that was a reference I missed as well. I, w- I was hoping that you just got it wrong because that was absolutely no. hilarious. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was not wrong. It was meant to be that way. I'm also getting a lot of feedback on the women who walk around with an open jug of peanut butter and the man walks around just holding his big block of chocolate 
chocolate goes into the jug filled with peanut butter. I got someone here that says that when you do that, nine months later, you get Reese's Pieces, which I thought was kind of- I like that. Kind of interesting. That's one of the most unusual marketing ideas of our lifetime, okay? If I could do it all over again, I think I would have gotten into marketing. But at what point, who came up with sitting in a smoke-filled room, all right, we need to create the right message for Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Let's take a really hot woman walking around just eating out of a jug of peanut butter, and then a man, like, turning the corner who has this, I mean, because everyone walks with their chocolate bar out in front of them. is like they're kind of leading the way like a flashlight. That's how I walk. Right. That's how I eat my chocolate. And then you just, you, you take the chocolate bar and you slam it in to the pita butter jug. And then you're like, hey, man, we just created Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. What a brilliant idea. Don Draper at his finest. Yeah, all the, you watch the Super Bowl ads specifically and you're like, Dude, these guys, these Don Draper types, if you don't know who that is, it's like the guy from Mad Men. These advertising guys get paid astronomical fees. I'm sure they have, like, rooms full of people working on these ideas for these Super Bowl commercials. And it's basically like, hey, what's our product name? Sarah V? Is Sarah, Sarah, Michael Sarah. Let's get Michael Sarah in here to just say his name because Mm -hmm. it rhymes with our product. And people are like, genius. I don't know if there's any television commercials right now that just stick out. And, and granted, I, I don't listen. Radio advertising works. Maybe the first person to sit here and tell you that. Okay? Radio advertising works. But we're talking about television here. I mean, I'll a, give you one. A woman walking around with an open jug of peanut butter and a man holding out his chocolate like a flashlight. That wouldn't work on radio. It would work on TV. And it did work effectively. Uh, on TV, but what's a great? Because I don't watch a lot of stuff live now. I go back and I, I on on television, I go back and watch stuff. I if there are commercials, I blow through them on TV. Oh, dude, the best one out right now. Whopper, 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 whopper. <laughs> I like this, this song. Gets stuck in my head like every day, all day. BK, have it your way. This is I mean, a pretty good. Album. It is like radio, you yeah, know, because yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. about the song and the okay uh, the jingle. And to the me, other, the jingle is the most important part of an ad. And McDonald's and Burger King, that they had legendary jingles back in the day. Barry Manilow used to write them all. Wow, I didn't know that. Oh, my God. Google Barry Manilow. You'll be shocked uh, at how many jingles. That's how, like, Manilow uh, got things going. But uh, the other one that's really hot right now is is football in the grocery (laughs) store. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah. That's a pretty good one as well. But, you know, when I think of great commercials on television, I can't think of anything that has stuck out. You know, I think of, like, uh, Time to Make the Donuts. Or uh, try it, you'll like it, or, or you know things like that. But anyway, that whole marketing is um, is fascinating. Before I get on to this, do you have anything there on Barry Manilow? Did anything pop yeah, up? Yeah, he did the band aids. Uh, he did um, uh, stuck on you, uh, Doctor Pepper. He did. Uh, I'd like to Coca- buy the Copacabana. Buy the world of Coke. Was that him? Coca Cola. Is that Barry Manilow, perhaps? I mean, Manilow, 
his catalog is. I don't is, think he did that one. His catalog is so rangy. He did State Farm like a good neighbor. Okay. He did KFC grab a bucket of chicken. He did Pepsi feeling free. He he did McDonald's. You deserve a break today. Barry Manilow, man, the guy just <laughs> he, he just topped the you know topped the bottom, and in the midst of that, he dropped in Weekend in New England and Mandy. The great Barry Manilow. But, I mean, like a good neighbor is still the thing. Yeah, but now they now they got the whole Mahomes and Reed yeah. and and uh, and and. Uh, and that type of stuff. They have like every athlete, I feel like. Yeah. Oh, oh, Chris Pauls. Okay. Oh, here's one right now. Give me the football game and grocery store. Yeah, I. That one's kind of catchy. And and you, I mean, that's that's where we're headed. You know, ESPN. Apparently, the NFL is uh, is all fed up with uh, Turner, Disney, and Fox. You know, they announced this new app that they said would be ready by this fall, and when I looked at it, it 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 seemed like I don't know. I'll just admit it. I when I first saw it, I was thinking college. Even though it's Turner, I was thinking about the influence that Herb Street and others have with ESPN and and how that'll carry on with the SEC going now officially all to Disney, ABC, and ESPN, and and Fox has certainly made a huge splash for one reason or another. I kind of ignored the NFL, but it's them who has now stood up, and apparently they are just uh, ripped that this came out without the lawyers getting involved. So no one gets away with anything these days in pro football. Uh, We'll see what the end result here uh, is. All right, uh, Justin Thomas, Tiger Woods, and Gary Woodland, okay? Gary Woodland is, is coming back. He had brain surgery. Okay, he's gone through a tough time. I, I actually know his, uh, his cousin very well. He's one of my golf buddies, and I, I, I get up with him quite often. He's a really good guy. But that is the threesome tomorrow at Riviera at, at 12.25 on a Thursday. Then they'll play at 2.54 on Friday. Tiger Woods did play nine holes yesterday. And, you know, he's always stated that he believes he can still make the shots. The biggest concern for him is walking the golf course. And it's not because he's not physically fit. Obviously, he's always been a machine. It's the lower body after the car accident. How is he going to be able to handle the grind of walking? And what is it going to be like after the round with the swelling and obviously the ice and all the treatment and the brief rehabilitation to get ready for that Friday round? How troublesome is it going to be? And then if he does make the cut, he's around Saturday and Sunday, as we do know, if you are a PGA Tour fan, you want to see Tiger Woods play four rounds of golf. And you want to have Tiger Woods announce that he is playing here next month. Think of some of the big names who aren't going to be here, beginning with John Rahm, right? Mickelson's not going to be here. DJ just won an event. He's not going to be here. Kepka's not going to be here. DeChambeau is not going to be. I mean, a lot of really big names, whether you like them or dislike them. Guys that if you hang around 16, 17, maybe 18, and that's the only place you go when you make your trip to Sawgrass in the stadium course, these are guys that you look for, and they're not there. You need Tiger Woods this year. And, again, even if he does make it 
through. I, I don't. There's no guarantee he plays this event. You know, I, I think in Tiger's world, he's won Arnold's tournament, which at Bay Hills a week earlier, right? I think he's won it eight times. If he wants to win again, he's tied with Sam Snead for the most victories ever on the PGA Tour. I know with Tiger, it's always majors. It's Jack's 18. Jack had 19 second-place majors, which is pretty, pretty phenomenal. I mean, think about that. 37 times Jack Nicklaus was either first place or second place. Tiger hasn't had a lot of second place finishes. Um, but that's always what you – but I think he wants to break Sam Snead's record of 82 PGA Tour wins. Got a better chance of winning it in Orlando at Arnold's a week prior. People don't want to hear that, and believe me, I want Tiger to come here. I want to see him play. He's won here as an amateur. He's won here as a professional. But he never really loves Sawgrass. So let's do that. I'm going to bring my buddy Rick Shoemaker. Um, had a lot of success uh, on the uh, couple of different golf tours. Now is the current owner over at Cimarron. Going to bring him on and uh, talk to him about Tiger Woods and a couple of other things that are golf related. If you want to get on in, the best way to do it is on Twitter. That's Blue1010XL or on our text line, which is... 641-1010. That's brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. I'd have to think North Florida is one of the golf capitals of our great country. I honestly mean that. For a lot of folks out there, uh, the belief is that the golf season officially gets underway uh, with Pebble Beach, which course was a couple of weeks ago just went through phoenix and kind of the fraternity party and everything that took place there now it's riviera then after that getting set to make the roll through the florida swing let's talk some pga tour let's bring in my buddy rick shoemaker does an outstanding job as well as the owner and he's totally redesigned not totally redesigned it but he has uh, certainly uh, done some incredible changes at cimarron with the t-box fairway and Greens, and he joins Rick Ballou. Rick, I appreciate a few minutes. No, absolutely. Appreciate you uh, giving me a chance to uh, jump in and talk a little golf and just connect with you, so thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, all right, the attention tomorrow on Tiger Woods, it's been forever since he's played. He's had success at Riviera, but at his age and with all these young guns, what do you, what do you put on Tiger as far as his expectations uh, to go out there and compete over the next four days? Well, let me tell you, um, you can never count out those champions. You know, the conversations about uh, Mahomes and never bet against Mahomes, and we saw what happened, and the LeBron Jameses, the Kobe Bryants. Look, you just can't bet against them. Um, and that's all i got to say. I mean, in fact, I, I'll tell you what's crazy is getting prepared for this, just doing a little research. It's nuts to think that uh, I'm looking at the odds. Yeah. Nick Taylor just won the Waste Management. 11,000 to one this week, mm-hmm. Tiger Woods, 15,000 to one. Right. So what is that telling you? The guy hasn't played. You look at, by the way, Charlie Hoffman, he's the same betting odds as Charlie Hoffman. Okay. And so what does that tell you? <laughs> the experts are sitting here telling you don't bet against the guy. Right. Um, so that's uh, a tough one. Yeah. I mean, it really is, uh, but you know, he could still make all the shots. He said that it's, it's now though. It's, it's how grueling, this is going to be as far as the fatigue on the lower body, you know, walking the golf course. And then after his round, uh, the rehabilitation, the treatment to get himself ready 
for the next day. Um, you know, just for a man of his age, how difficult do you see that being for Tiger Woods? Uh, it's going to be difficult, right? It's naturally uh, difficult for anyone. Uh, Twenty thousand steps a day, the elevation changes. Um, but again, it, it's mind over matter at some point, and and he certainly has that. He proved that uh, winning that uh, Tory Pines that year with that uh, leg injury he had. So again, it's mind over matter. If if he's hitting the right shots and he's in the right frame of mind, and there are no major hiccups, he'll overcome it. Um, if he's struggling a little bit and then uh, physically feels the fatigue, uh, he'll be challenged. But again, the same guy that has some of the greatest success on that golf course, Ben Hogan, had the same issue, right? His leg yep. injury. So um, kind of ironic or, you know, you could say um, a little telltale sign of what's to come. I, I do believe he gets the benefit of the doubt here by, you know, getting off tomorrow at uh, at 1225 our time and then getting a 254 later time on Friday, give him a little bit more time to rest, a little bit more time to prep uh, as far as those lower body leg injuries are concerned. If it was an early morning tea time on Friday, I think the difficulty would be that much more for him. Do you believe that? Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Getting those extra 10 or 12 hours is going to make the difference a little bit in the body healing and his ability to uh, recoup. So um, 100%. And again, I think um, to me, what always separated Tiger, though, was his putting. At the end of the day, when he he made putts that you continually said, you got to make it, and he makes them. Mm -hmm. So I'll be looking that first 18, uh, where's that blade, and and what's happening is the ball rolling. And if he makes those few putts and gets the confidence going in day one, um, it could uh, snowball into the next three days. Tiger Woods makes his return tomorrow at the Riviera Country Club right outside of Los Angeles. He'll be in a threesome with Justin Thomas and uh, Gary Woodland. Uh, again, tees off at 12.25 on Thursday, then 2.54 on Friday. Obviously has to make the cut uh, for the weekend. I, I think this is so important for Tiger fans, PGA Tour fans, for him to make the cut and prove that He's able to do it. He said he'd like to play at least once a month. He's got Arnold's tournament. Then he's got the players. Obviously, I think there'll be pressure on him uh, to play here at the players. But I'm interested in your opinion on this, Rick, because all of these big-name golfers who have gone to the live, you love golf, I love golf, but to a lot of people, these are kind of nameless guys on the PGA Tour, missing the big personality. With that said, even if you get Tiger only six, seven, eight times a year, how important is it for him to be here next month with the players? Oh, my! incredibly important. Look, at the end of the day, the players and the, and the PGA Tour are made up of all, you know, 200, 300-plus members. But at the end of the day, those names matter. And to have Tiger here uh, is a massive draw. I mean, and there's some personalities up and coming. When I when I was at the PGA Tour 15 years ago, there was a big focus on the up and coming players. You'll see it in the commercials coming. Uh, those out, you know, the the men and women at the tour currently are continue to highlight those up and coming players. But as you said, it our generation are looking at the former names, those guys that are are missing. Uh, John Rahm, my gosh, I mean, what a name not to be there and, and so having tiger there fills fills a big gap currently as this restructuring and this transition unfolds the circus atmosphere at phoenix it, 
they've created it. And, you know, record-setting numbers, uh, there's no doubt it's a party atmosphere. We really saw three, four, five different players this week basically throw up their hands and say, enough is enough. You can't control the masses. We see it at 17, although I I do think for the most part around here, uh, the golf fans are are, are well-behaved during the Players' Championship. What's your thought on this, Rick? Do, do the players need to toughen up mentally, or does the Phoenix Open need to do as they said and make significant changes? Well, I, I think ultimately there needs to be changes. And, and I think, as you said, when you use the term masses, and, and we just step back for a moment and look at the numbers, think about it. The Jaguar Stadium in the NFL Stadium holds, what, 60,000, 80,000 yep. fans? Mm-hmm. Well, the Phoenix Open stopped providing attendance in 2019 and they were pushing 600,000 and now you say 200,000 on a Saturday. So let's say you got to 300,000 on Saturday this past year. I mean, that's five football stadiums. Mm-hmm. How do you control, how do you control that? How do you control when it's, you know, literally 20 yards off the rope everywhere? Um, so there's probably got to be some significant balance in, in resetting um, the alcohol policies in certain areas number of drinks and so forth i think overall it is still very healthy for the game it's important that uh those fans um have that access to the players in the form of proximity that's what's separated golf from all these other sports for so long so i i trust the waste management um the thunderbird organization out there and the pga tour are going to find the right boundaries um it's healthy and again at the end of the day all those sales, which people don't realize, if you find the balance, bring back dollars in charity to that community. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it's incredibly important to find the balance. It's incredibly important to keep it, but they've got to figure out the um, probably the attendance numbers and then figure out the boundaries on alcohol sales, uh, maybe similar to what the NFL did, right, or college does at times with no sales after the third quarter, whatever it is. Uh, but they'll find it, but it, it makes it different. And, and that's why the attendance is so massive. That's why the audience is, is loving it. And, and day in and day out, that's why the players love it. There's, there's exceptions to it, and they'll find the balance. All right, Rick, we've been talking an awful lot about the outstanding promotion uh, going on over there at Cimarron, of course, right on 210, uh, including those who received the postcard. It's good for uh, golf, which includes a cart fee, uh, a, a lunch, and as well as a uh, cocktail on the good folks over there, a beer over there at the Stone and Barrel tap house but i uh, but i also want you to expand on this a little bit and and tell us about the email process for those who did not receive the postcard no absolutely through so through our loyalty club program you simply leave your email like most email programs to get the best offers and every monday tuesday we send out for the week uh, what opportunities you have to experience the uh, cimarron and stone and barrel tap house at the best value we believe around so leave your email and you may very well get an email that shares, hey, we have the Wild One all-inclusive package, golf, lunch, and a beer on us. Last week, we actually did uh, include a dinner one week. So, um, you know, sign up, leave your email, and you will be part of the Loyalty uh, Wild One Club and, and get the best deals we believe around in Northeast Florida for golf. Well, we had a huge birthday party out there a couple of Saturdays ago. I think there were uh, seven foursomes, 28 of us. We ended up closing uh, the Stone and Barrel Tap House late at night. Uh, wonderful job, both with the clubhouse and everything you've done as far as the changes on the course, Rick. And uh, obviously, I mean that, but uh, the folks need to check out Cimarron. No, thank you very much. And uh, 
we want everybody to, again, the best value we believe in golf nowadays, uh, fun, exciting, uh, great times, great food, and most importantly, uh, doing it with great friends and what I love, great music. No doubt. Yeah, live music out there as well. Rick, always a lot of fun. Thank you. No, thank you. Y'all have a great night. There he goes, Rick Shoemaker. Good man. And uh, he put a lot of effort, a lot of time, hard work into Cimarron. I know Cimarron doesn't have a good reputation around here. It hasn't, right? You know, I mean, it's the comments on Cimarron were, were bad for a long period of time. I'm telling you, give it a shot. And then let me know. Let me know what you think. <laughs> okay? Be honest. You people are always honest. Right on, you called me a fanboy last night. Okay? You called me an apologist because I was making a case for, of all people, Trevor Lawrence. I, I listened to you. Check it out. It's only $45, man. 18 holes, lunch, and a beer, 45 bucks. And if not, go online, look for the Loyalty Club program, fire off your email, become a part of the Loyalty Club program, and there's all sorts of special deals that you can get involved in. So it's a wonderful time of year to play golf. And again, I want you to check out Cimarron. I want you to give me your feedback. You can get me on Twitter anytime, Baloo1010XL. You can get me as well here on the text line, 641-1010, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. All right, on the other side, a comment on Playoff Lenny, which still blows me away. I mean, this may be the tweet of the year if you missed it. Let's come back and do that. i got some things I want to dive into as well that bring up college football that is important. we got a special event coming up here real soon. Oh, my goodness. Wait till you hear about this. It's only 20 minutes away. You are going to be shocked when I tell you. But it's all coming up on Into the Night. Let's go Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Press conference going on in Kansas City. Not the type of press conference you want after a day of celebration, which included a parade. If you have not heard, at the end of the parade, there was a shooting. All right. One person is dead. 21 people are injured. Police are now saying three people were taken into custody. So what a uh, very disturbing story on what should have been a, a special day there in Kansas City. Don't, don't know anything more on that. We'll obviously know in the very near future, Uh, you know, and there was a lot of police uh, that was there. I read somewhere that there was, uh, did I, I believe I read somewhere that like a form of the military was there. I believe I did. But um, anyway, I've seen a, a couple of clips that were viral and Obviously, in numbers and numbers and numbers, I mean, what did you have there? I think they said 500,000. It could have been more, but it, it, it really appeared as though uh, the police officers and those in charge did, did a, a real good job. Again, they got three individuals now uh, in custody, so we'll wait to get more details coming up on that. Uh, yeah, the Tiger Woods betting. Uh, Rick Shoemaker mentioned that. I, I, I was going to get into it with him. I, I, I didn't, but... You know, we're so enamored, at least I am, this show is, with gambling during football season, even though I don't gamble, okay? 
we hit on big fights, whether it's in the cage or, you know, if you get one in boxing, uh, maybe we'll get into it once we get deeper into March Madness. I don't know. I don't, I don't talk a lot of hockey lines. I don't talk a lot of NBA lines. We really don't talk all that often about uh, baseball uh, lines. But the, the one sport that has really taken off recently is betting on golf. And there's so many different ways that you can now do it, right? It used to be pick a winner. Well, now it's top five. It's top ten. You can go head-to-head. Um, and there's so many different ways to look at it, right? I mean, you talk about the wind and how that comes into play. I all the time will ask handicappers about indoors, outdoors, uh, West Coast, East Coast, uh, cold temperatures, freezing temperatures. And for the most part, handicappers say that doesn't matter. It's the wind. It's the wind is the biggest factor to look at as far as an intangible in a sport like football, obviously, wind is absolutely enormous in a, in a sport like golf. Uh, but back to Tiger Woods, he came in as a 125 to one shot. He has actually received, okay, the most bets so far this week, not tickets. All right, so there are smaller bets. Uh, Scotty Scheffler is second at 5.7%, T- 8% of the bets are on Tiger as far as the money, okay? The money is on Tiger. The tickets that have come in, now tickets can be 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever. There's two ways to look at it. Tickets typically defines what the public is betting on. The money oftentimes tells you a little bit more about where what the sharps are doing, what the wise guys are doing, the professionals, they'll delay a big big amount uh, on it, but I, I found that very interesting today that with Tiger Woods returning for the first time in a year, uh, that he actually does lead uh, as far as percentage on the bets uh, getting set for round one tomorrow at Riviera. Also, a couple of other things, and and this is where it gets a little bit confusing if you are a player. When you look at Tiger Woods' props, his finish, his finishing position, was 44 and a half. Okay. Um, it's now gone up to 45 and a half. So when you move one point in football, it's huge. Right. If you move a point in basketball, uh, depending on what the situation is, um, you know, and how big a game is, it's going to be a directional school. You can go from 18 points to 17 points. Okay. Maybe not all that much, but if it's a game with two really good teams and it's a two-point, three-point favorite, it moves, obviously more money there. I don't have to explain that to you. You you folks out there are smart. I really don't know the magnitude in a PGA Tour event like this to to move it a full spot, 44.5 to 45.5. So I'm actually going to ask about that next time I get an opportunity. I've got a a couple of things out there where I should receive a, a response. And, you know, this is first round. We're not talking about on Sunday, we're talking about tomorrow. Can he finish in the top 45 tomorrow? You can cash a check if you believe that is the case uh, for Tiger Woods. The other thing you could bet on for Tiger, and it's gone from minus 110 to minus 120, which means you used to lay $110 to win back 100. Now you got to lay $120 to win back 100. But the first round score is 71 and a half for Tiger. 
So you could bet Tiger minus 120 to win 100 to either finish under 71 and a half or over 71 and a half. I'd ask you, but who knows? I mean, I, I honestly, JJ, I, I hate to be a Debbie Downer here, but I, I'd probably be prone to play the over. This, oh, is yeah. a, this is a par 71, not a par 72. So is Tiger Woods going to be This is sort of one of those plus events one. where you'd like try to take advantage of the better betting public's love for Tiger and like because of that the odds might be too much in his favor and you know he shouldn't be that good, you know. Uh so yeah, I would take every anti-Tiger bet imaginable. You know, not making the cut over 71 and a half or whatever that was. Like yeah, I would fade Tiger hardcore. I don't know what fish- it, it hurts to say that because I want him to succeed. Oh, yeah, but yeah, if yeah. I was putting money on it, that's what I would do. Uh, I would as well. But I, and that's the exact reason why I would never. <laughs> I, I don't like cheering against. Yeah. I, get, I mean, the Philly Rooster will sit here and tell you. I mean, there has been a couple of times. He did it during the Super Bowl two years ago. There's a diehard Philly guy, a diehard Eagle fan. Who bet against them? He said he thought that the right side was Kansas City. You talk about being a disciplined gambler. How, I mean, how could I mean, if if there was ever a situation where you just leave it alone? But you know, I do think we'll see some people uh, more and more going to bet on Tiger. So this number probably has moved uh, a little bit because so much has been spent on him. I don't have the official count. I want to say maybe there's 90 uh, golfers going off in this event uh, beginning tomorrow. And again, the uh, the halfway point for Tiger is uh, either forty four and a half, and has now moved to forty five and a half. So, if I was playing any one of these with Tiger, I would uh, unfortunately play over forty five and a half, and I would play over seventy one and a half as far as his first round score. But JJ and I both agree on the fact that uh, we will be rooting for him to win, nonetheless. All right. Um, more on this. I wanted to get the playoff, Lenny. I'm sorry. I, I blew it. I, uh, that's a bad. Uh, he bas- I'll tell you what he said. Playoff, playoff lane during the Super Bowl. He had to have been stoned. Okay? Either that he was drunk. and that, I, We haven't heard from Lenny Fournette in forever. And he during the middle of the Super Bowl, he tweets out. He goes, yeah, at least three more Super Bowls before I'm done. And I'm like, the guy got 12 carries all year in Buffalo. He wasn't even on a roster. The entire season, what does Leonard uh, Fournette know that we don't know? That not, I mean, if he'd said I'm getting one more Super Bowl ring, I'm thinking, all right, maybe he can catch on with a team. But he said three more Super Bowl teams. It was uh, oh, three more Super Bowl ranks. One of the craziest tweets uh, that I have seen in quite some time. If, if you haven't seen that, again, you can get it on my Twitter because I did retweet uh, it and actually – Asked uh, uh, Leonard Fournette if he was uh, stoned or drunk or both, and he didn't respond to me, but you can get that Blue1010XL. All right, coming up next, we got a huge event coming in the town. It's all about riding a bull. If you do not know what I'm talking about, wait until you hear this. It's next. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. (laughs) 
All right, big event coming up Friday and Saturday right here in Jacksonville, downtown at the arena. It is the PBR Unleash the Beast. And tickets are for sale right now. It is the professional bull riders uh, coming in. And uh, we are joined now by Connor Halverson. He's ranked number 22 in the in, in the world. And he's off to a tremendous start throughout 2023 as we get into 2024 and he joins Rick Ballou. Connor, I thank you for a couple of minutes of your time. Yep, thank you guys for having me. And it's my pleasure. Um, you, you discovered at the age of eight that this was something that you wanted to do growing up in Nebraska. Uh, I'm fascinated about this. I talk to football players, basketball players, golfers, et cetera, all the time. Tell us about wanting to become in the rodeo and becoming a professional here on the PBR Tour. Yeah, the PBR is something I've always watched since I was a little kid, and I've always uh, wanted to be a bull rider. And so, you know, I always had my goal set that that's what I wanted to be when I grew up, and I just uh, followed through with it. You said it, uh, what, early on, you had a drop barrel to practice upon. Uh, So, you know, what's that experience like trying to do things before you actually get out on a bull, you know, just taking us through your – your habits as you're a youngster until you feel that you are confident enough to go out and do that. Yeah. You kind of have, want to have an idea of what, what it's going to be like and what you need to do. Um, that, that way, when you get on, you know, everything, you know, somewhat tries to go in your best interest, you know, so uh, the better, the better you're informed and what you need to do, the, the better off it's going to get. Talking with Connor Halverson, the event is in town a week from Friday and Saturday right here in Jacksonville. Uh, the PBR Unleash the Beast uh, right here at the arena downtown. All right, incredibly competitive, and, and you guys travel all over the place. Man, I, I got to imagine that with the the wounds that you receive, the bumps and bruises and injuries that are even that much more significant, uh, traveling on the road all this time can be uh, probably pretty interesting for you. Yeah, you know, the the travel kind of wears on a guy by the end of the year, you know, but that's just part of it. Um, you know, it's you get a lot of see cool a lot of cool places and get to go to a lot of um cool places, so you know, it that that part of it makes it all worth it and just being able to do what we love is uh it it just comes with part of the part of the sport and so you you can't complain too much. Connor, I'm claiming ignorance here, so this is an education uh, for myself as well. The Bulls, I've always wondered about this. Are the Bulls, do you know who you're going to be on when you get to an event? Is it it a lottery? Is it drawn? Take us through that process of of knowing who, in fact, you're going to be, you know, what type of bull you're going to be on and, and when you're actually told that information. So most most of the bulls they they go with the tour. We see a lot of the same bulls throughout the the whole year. Some of the bulls won't be there uh, at certain events, and some will. And they just kind of, but depending on the location, you know, just kind of depends on what bulls we see. But we see a, a lot of them most of the time, and so they they get all the the contractors bring all them bulls, you know, a couple of days in advance, and then uh, the PBR uh, randomly draws the bulls for us. Now, do the bulls are there reputations with these bulls? Can you look at one and say, "Oh no, I I don't want to draw this one. It's different from the other." Or are they considered all the same? Yeah, no, they're most of them. They're 
you know, there you'll have the ones where you you want to draw them every time, and then there's <laughs> some that you don't want any part of. Right. But right. Uh, you get a little bit of a both, you know, going all year. You, you get on some you don't would really care not to get on, and then you get on some that uh, you you really like. So. But it's, they they all have a little bit of a reputation of their own. It's just whether you know it matches up with your liking or not. Okay, and so it does. It doesn't really matter if it does or not because you still have to get on them. Yeah, right, right. So I mean, in 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 a perfect world, and you've had a really good run this year. You've you're a two time PBR World Finals qualifier. You're trying to win your first championship again. You're ranked twenty second in the world. You're really doing some good things. If everything comes together for you here next week in Jacksonville. How many times do you get on a bowl during an event? It just depends on the format. I believe the format in Jacksonville will be getting on three. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, some events you'll get on four. Okay. It, just, it depends on the format, but I believe in Jacksonville it is uh, three bowls. Okay. Uh, this is your first trip to Jacksonville. Uh, you know, again, golf courses, uh, football, home and away, cold, warm, when you go to an indoors place like this and you've never been inside the Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena, is it just another rodeo or are some of these arenas and maybe outside places, or are they totally different to ride on? Yeah, you know, each, each you know, venue is, you know, it's, it's a little different. You know, the fans are different at each place, you know, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just cool to be able to go to different places and, uh, you know, right, right in the different venues and uh, stuff like that. You know, and mm-hmm. but we're really excited to come to Jacksonville and uh, hopefully catch in a little sun. <laughs> All right, hey, as we let you go, uh, y- you're part of a team, uh, the Carolina Cowboys. So uh, again, um, because I'm not fluent in this sport, but I'm but I'm interested. So you're with your teammates. You're, you're with one another. The rivalry with other teams or, or other guys, is it a respectful one? Does it get testy? Because it, to me, it seems like you against the animal, you against the steer. But what's it like going against your rivalries here on this tour? You know, we, we're, we're all friends and we're all buddies and, you know, help each other out. When it's, when it's an individual season like this, you know, uh, we kind of put the team season aside and, uh, you know, help each other out when we can and cheer for each other and, you know, and put all that stuff aside and, you know, just help each other, um, you know, be be as success, successful as we can. All right, Connor, uh, there's cleat chasers in baseball. Is there, a, is there a name for groupies on the PBR tour? Yeah, they, they would call those buckle bunnies. <laughs> buckle bunnies. All right. Now, you, now uh, all right, so where have you – you haven't been here, so you got to give Jacksonville a chance – but where are the best buckle bunnies? Oh man, it's hard to tell. I, I usually try to uh, stay away from them. Yeah, okay. I, I respect that. I respect that. But you can't give us a hint. You can't give us a town or a city. No, I, I can't. I can't pinpoint a city. You know, they 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 all kind of come out full force wherever you're at. It seems like. All right, all right. Hey, Connor, have a great trip here to Jacksonville. Appreciate a few minutes of your time. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Thank you. There he goes, Connor Halverson. And uh, maybe that was an inappropriate question to ask on a Valentine's evening. Well, he's doing an interview on Valentine's Day, yeah. so he seems single to me. 
Buckle bunnies. Buckle bunnies. Obviously, if you don't know, the belt buckle. I'm uh, I'm guessing he's either married or he's well-spoken for because he wasn't going to give any of that no, up. Oh, no. Um, that was a very quick answer. Yeah, but, he's uh, like, he no, no, no. He was aware of the buckle bunny. Yeah, it's, it's, one of, it's one of two things. It's either he's married and he's spoken for, or he's got it so good he's not giving anything away. Or he's just keeping P- his mouth shut. Oh, yes, or the PR lady who called me uh, sitting right next to him <laughs> probably was glaring at him. Hey. Um, I'm pissed you didn't ask the sand question. Uh, which one? How do they bring so much dirt oh, in? Oh, I know. We talked about it. Uh, <laughs> I have a feeling. I have a feeling There's Connor. Be, like, he probably doesn't even know. I have a feeling Connor Halverson wouldn't even know the inside. Kind he, of, he, he comes he, in on like a Learjet. That's what I was saying. He said they have contractors that bring the bulls. So there's probably yeah. dirt contractors. Because, uh, yeah, that was a great question you asked during the break. Like, how the hell are they getting so much dirt in the arena and who gets it out? Yeah. I, I don't know. How much are you going to pay for that? And I, Is it in a tractor trailer well, truck? Yeah. And, 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 okay, they go from here to Hampton Roads to Worcester, Massachusetts. Okay? I've driven from Tallahassee to before Worcester. It takes a day to get there. So when you bring in all that sand, when you bring in all that dirt, and this would also apply to the, the world of tractor pull, right? When the grave digger and his most challenging world, you know, do you just bring in the dirt and take out the dirt or does the dirt, is it cheaper to take the dirt with you from venue to venue? Cause it's your dirt. You know, that dirt, you want to take it with you or sand all the way to Hampton roads. You, you've got your, your driver's set, your truck set, therefore the sand and the dirt goes. Do you just take that with you on one big voyage, or do you go from town to town, you have someone who has to all of a sudden find new dirt at Hampton Roads, find new dirt. I don't know where you can get dirt in Worcester. Everything right now in Worcester, Massachusetts is snow. Everything Sludge. right now in Worcester, Massachusetts is frozen. How the hell are you going to get fresh sand and dirt in Worcester? I don't know the answer Get Connor Halverson back I'll on. I'll call him back. <laughs> All right, so there you go. Uh, hey, listen, if you want to check it out, it's... Um, it does seem cool. I've been to plenty of rodeos in my day. I saw one at a Super Bowl party in Phoenix, in, uh, in Phoenix years and years and years ago. It was actually cold in Phoenix. This would have been 2007, 2008, something like that. And we went to a big bonfire, and there was... There was some of that going on. There was a little bit of a, some rodeo and some other show stuff, but I, I've never really, it's never really been my thing. I'm not shocked by that. But I think it could be a pretty cool, pretty it cool is, niche. Dude. I like the, uh, now he's just a bull rider. I'm assuming that this is just strictly bull riding, but like at a rodeo, you got it all. You have that, and then. I loved the really fast ride. The people that would ride horses like crazy fast barrel racing or whatever the hell it's called. My personal favorite. And then you have the guys who like compete to quickly lasso bulls, like little ones, and they jump off the horse and oh, it's badass, dude! It's a a whole different world from what we live in. I'm sweating over here, and I got a really really fat tongue (laughs) because I just googled. Buckle bunnies, okay? <laughs> this is some of the most outstanding stuff that I have ever done. Uh, we, 
I'm going to be on vacation. You're going to be gone, too. Where are you going? You going to Italy? I am going to Florence and Rome. Next wow. Thursday, I'm leaving, yeah. Do we have any interns around? We need to get an in- We need to get someone out downtown to try to find the hottest buckle bunny at this PBR event next Friday and Saturday night at the arena. And unfortunately, neither one of us are going to be there. We're on vacation because if not, I would make this priority number one to be out there and see this. Absolutely. If you see, I mean, look at the getup that they're wearing. I've always, it's like a Daisy Duke to the extreme, if that makes any sense. And I guess in the days of Dukes of Hazard, uh, Dukes of Hazard and Daisy Duke, that would have been to the extreme. Well, this certainly is. Okay, it mentions Yellowstone. I would think that the Yellowstone thing is kind of taken on a life of itself and created a little bit of popularity. There's, there's no way that Yellowstone uh, could hurt this. Uh, it has certainly helped it. Right. Uh, but anyway, there you have it. They it's, certainly love jean shorts. Yeah. Some of you guys, uh, if any of you guys or gals out there have anything that you can uh, help us through. If we have any Buckle Bunny listeners with this, for instance, let's see, um, 5262, the sand is stored around town by contractors that supply monster trucks, et cetera. Oh, we do have monster truck. Okay. Uh, yada, yada, yeah. Buckle, oh, yeah, we got a bunch of stuff on Buckle Bunnies. <laughs> um, I had never heard that term before. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, like, that's like the, all right, we, we have cleat chasers. Yeah. What else do we have? Um, There's not a name for football. There, there should be one for hockey. And I can't believe... There's not a name for hockey groupies. I mean, I'm sure the players have, um, like, some terms for them. Puck bunnies is Puck, what I'm getting. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I've been around a long time. That that That's a newer name, a puck bunny. That There wasn't a lot of thought put into that, right? I mean, not compared to buckle bunnies. Uh, yeah, I'm assuming bu- puck bunnies was taken from buckle bunnies. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's another one we're getting here now. Uh, why wouldn't they save the dirt uh, for the night of the Monster Jam on March 9th? You I'm see sure that, they do. That's a very interesting question. What if they're different contractors? What if this was like Pepsi and Coke? <laughs> and what if what if the dirt that the Monster Trucks use is completely different dirt from the bull riders? What if the Grave Digger says he's only going to ride on, <laughs> yeah. on, on this certain type of... Uh, of uh, of uh, it, Yeah, yeah he, he refuses. It's bad for my tires. Mm-hmm. Puck bunny for golf. Yeah, I, I, I have a problem with that. I'm not a puck bunny guy. You got to get better. Football doesn't even really have one, right? I, I mean, I guess football and baseball, you can call them cleat chasers. But, um, you know, maybe, maybe they're just simply groupies. What do we call them for radio? <laughs> Non-existent. Um, they- <laughs> Here's a lacrosse toots. Wow, that's a good one. <laughs> from the twenty-eight oh, from the twenty-eight zero six. Now is lacrosse a big enough? I guess in college, absolutely. You know, if you go to like Syracuse or Johns Hopkins or something, what, and you play on the lacrosse oh, yeah. team, that's badass. What about NASCAR? They turn a five hundred week. What are they called? Yeah. They don't give me lot lizards. All right, don't give me that. That's for truck stops. Right. Um, right pit we'll lizard. Back. Pit lizard. Oh, is that what they are? <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Good stuff. Connor Halverson, ladies and gentlemen. Our new favorite bull ride. We love him. We got You know what we haven't checked in with a little bit is the slop guy. 
Austin Terp Daddy Turpin. I'll look him up. Yeah. Hopefully he's still on his win streak. Uh, the 0976 just dropped a hockey term. I don't feel comfortable using it. I just don't. All right. Um, I'm going to leave it alone. I like it better than Puck Bunny, but uh, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. Uh, anyway, we still need to take another break, don't we? We do. All right. Let's take it right now. We'll wrap things up on the other side. Hacker Nation coming up at eight. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, tomorrow night, 6 to 8. Friday night, 6 to 8. I uh, want to spend some time tomorrow night on the latest in college football. Uh, the 20th is an important date. They will vote uh, those involved in the college football playoff on the brand-new model on February 20th. Uh, obviously, everyone out there is aware that we're going to a 12-team college football playoff. Uh, The belief is the five highest-ranked conference champions, remember the Pac-12 is gone, Uh, that means you're going to get a little guy in. You're going to get a non-Power 5 guy in. And then the seven next-highest-ranked teams, that is the belief. But we'll know officially on February 20th. Also, it came out today in the SEC, uh, one of the incoming teams, Texas, their athletic director, said that they are going to get to nine conference games as opposed to eight. So, um, interesting in how people are going to think about that. Uh, Perhaps losing a cupcake, adding another in-conference team, that means more money within the conference. Uh, You know, I I think we're going to get better out-of-conference games. But, you know, it really is fascinating. And, and of course, it was released yesterday that – um, it doesn't begin into the year 2026. There's still two more years involved in the current agreement that pays $608 million a year for the college football playoff. But how about the six-year deal after $1.3 billion a year, okay, 2026 through 2032? That's only for the college football playoff. $1.3 billion a year. Uh, the sport is absolutely going crazy, and then everything else that's involved with it, coaches leaving, um, you know, the NIL, the transfer portal. So we'll, we'll have a little bit of fun with that coming up tomorrow. Uh, you know, I, 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 I've read all of the Pamela DeBar books. She's like the most infamous rock groupie, right? They, they created the, uh, the whole Penny Lane uh, character from her and almost famous with um, – Oh, God, what's her name? Um, uh, uh, the daughter of, uh, of Hudson. Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson is the one who, who actually did play her. And, I, you know, I didn't get to see the Grand Funk Railroad last Saturday night because I was playing golf and I was just getting after it. But, you know, the very beginning of uh, American Band, they swing about Sweet Sweet Connie, uh, the groupie out of Little Rock, Arkansas, and, and all that. We, we we've, are familiar with infamous rock groupies. Do we know any infamous sports groupies outside of maybe Taylor Swift? (laughs) (laughs) The Margot Adams, uh, Wade Bog thing, Wade Boggs thing was, was huge in the eighties, but that was kind of his, that was more of like a mistress, a traveling companion. Uh, But um, I looked here during the break and, I asked for some of our listeners, and we're doing this after the conversation that we had. If we missed it, it's probably the 
best interview I've ever done. Uh, Connor Halverson with the PBR tour coming into town here in a week. I asked him what the name of the groupies were, and he said that they were Buckle Bunnies. And I think that's by far the greatest name I've ever heard of any sports groupie. All right. We've received others in different sports, but it, it just can't uh, really compete. And, and I've even Googled it. There's not a whole heck of a lot. There's not. There's like famous women that are groupies in the NBA that they all talk about that go from like player to player to player, but we don't know their names. They're not famous. Kendall Jenner. Yeah, but she's a famous person, you know, okay. like because she, she's already famous. There's these chicks that are just, you know, hot Instagram chicks. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's an opportunity to get paid. Come up with a great name, right? And, well, there is one. And coin and, it. And she is a rapper groupie, and I can't say her name over the radio. Oh. But it starts with Super. Okay. And I'll leave it at that. But if you guys know who exactly I'm talking about. Well, but she's made an entire career out of being like, oh, yeah, I slept with Little Wayne and I slept with da 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 So, yeah, there is some. No, no, I'm not talking about individuals. I'm talking about a name to identify. Them. Oh, you mean as the group. Like a buckle bunny. <laughs> yeah. Why isn't there a, a great sports name? Cleet Chaser is probably number one. And I'm just like, that's just old. It's boring. Um, there's got to be, the and the players have them. You know the players oh, do yeah. it. And the they got out their own that. names that yeah. we'll never hear. But I would think <laughs> if you had the right name, you know, you could own it. You could, you could coin it. And, you know, it could be like the modern-day three-peat. Um, or as I coined here forever, I'm just waiting for it to come to fruition – the Wall of Duval, the Great Wall of Duval, uh, which reportedly is never going to happen considering the Jaguars have the worst offensive line uh, in the National Penny Football. Penny Lane had the Flying Garter Girls. It's not like, bad. Why not something like that? Mm-hmm. Try to make – I mean, she did make money off of it. Can't say the same for most other groupies. Yeah. All right. Some of these I know I'm not going to uh, throw <laughs> – I mean, especially some of these hockey ones are – uh, or uh, words that rhyme with puck that, that I'm just not going to say it. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers, equal opportunity employer. I don't know if you heard the tail end of the conversation I had with Connor Halverson. Uh, I, I heard the ago. beginning of it, not the tail end of it. All right. Well, it, it's it's in the vault. It's on demand uh, if you want to go back and, and listen to it. But um, sensational interview. But at the very end, I we needed to know the name of the groupies um, on the, um, the PBR the, tour. The PBR tour, the, <laughs> the professional bull riding tour. Yeah. And he informed us that it was Buckle Bunnies. <laughs> Ah, that's that's awesome. That's good to know. Well, you, we learn something. Tonight. You learn something new every day. That's that's tremendous stuff right there. And I think it's I think it's the best sports groupie term I've ever heard. Better than ring rats in the 1980s with Ooh, professional that's wrestling. One. That's not bad. Yeah. You know, there's a lot in wrestling. There, there. Hockey's got a sum that I can't say on air. You some know, of some of those wrestlers in the 1980s. 
have some awful stories. Oh, I know they do. Guys like Val Venus. Oh, like the podcast that you hear now. Just horrific stories. Yeah. That that that's a that's a weird fraternity. Oh. Because I, I I've I'm aware of almost everything that, that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. In uh in kind of behind the scenes in wrestling. It's really dark in a lot of those areas. Well, yeah, that's why that they I don't know if you've seen this. You would like it. You know, the dark side of the ring. Oh yeah. It's on, like a nine nine episode thing. Fantastic. The guy they, who gets stabbed backstage. Yeah, uh Bruiser Brody. And they oh, just uh, renewed it for season five. Season the shooting five of I believe, Dino Bravo. Yeah, Dino Bravo got executed because for, for a cartel. The I Von Erics. Von Erics, Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth. I mean, there is some weird ben, stuff. Benoit. Benoit was Jimmy oh, Snooker apparently killed the girl his girlfriend. The behind the scenes story of the Owen Hart tragedy yeah. in Kansas City. No, the, I, I watched that whole the, so they renewed it. Yeah, it's season five, I believe. Okay. It starts in the middle of March. What about China? China's got one, yeah. She has some dark stories. Yeah, that, I that, that was her. that was tragic for her Absolutely. The end, I interviewed her when she when I was in Chicago. Oh she, wow. She was a messed up Messed up girl. Drugs, the the sad thing about that was she kind of cleaned herself up towards the end, but it was mm-hmm. too late. Yeah, you know, just a yeah. It's a, it's a it's an interesting lifestyle. Not so much anymore, but 1980s and 90s pro wrestling was kind of like the wild wild west. Yeah. All right, ring rats. I like that. Uh, well, apparently that's what that's not my that's what I heard Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels used to call. Them, well, so. it, there are ring rats too. Oh, yeah. There. Yeah, I did not know that. So what's coming up tonight? Yeah, a lot, a lot on that in the opening segment. We're going to dive into the ring rats and what are they? The the buckle. What's what's the bunnies? TV? The buckle bunnies. That's a that's yeah, a buckle bunnies. Name. Yeah. Uh, we are going to do some NFL as well. A, a couple of analytics tonight. Footballguys.com. It's a fantasy football analytic website. Dave Kluge does a great job. He's one of their main guys. We're going to talk Trevor Lawrence, the Jags. We're also going to do a little bracketology. Uh-oh. Jerry Palm, CBSSports.com. It. It's My getting to that time of year. Yeah, I know you know Jerry very well. Absolutely. So Jerry Palm is going to join us right around the top of the 9 o'clock hour to talk Florida and the rest of the teams on the bubble. Love Jerry Palm because he'll be the first to come out and tell you that he's a nerd. He's a mathematician, <laughs> but he used to put together that whole CBS and then the uh, the, uh, the BCS, but the, the Alliance. and He's, you know, he's... Used to take into consideration all of those, the, the Sagarin and the Dunkel Index. Remember all those oh, type yeah. of things that we used to have? I don't have the relationship you have with him. I've only met him a handful of times. Seems like one heck of a nice Very guy. Very good guy. He's yeah. a Midwest guy. He, he was in Indy when I was in Chicago, but yeah, I used to, Jerry Palm, and he's really done well for himself. So, he has. Now with CBS. All right, have a good time. Thanks, Rick. All right, that's it. We're out of here. Uh, thank you to our guests tonight. Good to talk with Rick Shoemaker about the PGA Tour. Tiger! Underway tomorrow at Riviera. Playing with Justin Thomas and Gary Woodland. Uh, We cannot forget Connor Halverson for joining us. The PBR Tour coming through Jacksonville next Friday and Saturday. Get your tickets down at the ViStar Veterans Arena. Thank you to JJ. My name is Rick Ballou. I don't check the text line out. The show is over. You can always get me on Twitter. Ballou1010XL. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 6 o'clock.